0: Swamiji, what is your opinion about aliens coming from outer space, UFOs visiting this planet?
1: Well look, here we live in a huge universe, uh, over a hundred billion galaxies, each one with a hundred billion stars. And how many of those stars must have planets? To think that we're the only life in this universe is ridiculous. and. Uh, I think that there's no reason why they shouldn't be. I'm sure that they're so. I, I talked to a group of uh, a, a family, a couple in Sedona, Arizona, and that is a place where there's a lot of spooky talk, uh-huh. and they were very anxious not to be associated with them. But they told me, don't, they said, don't tell anybody, <laughs> but we were standing outside our house here and uh, UFO flew by very close, just as low as the top of this house here, and you could see portholes, and they saw it clearly. But of course there's such things.
0: It seems a little arrogant that humanity would think it's the only...
1: Well, I think it's ridiculous. When people say, well, how come uh, there are more and more souls? Well, they've got lots of planets to come from. And Yogananda, I asked Yogananda one time, well, the souls that are here in this yoga right now, the Dvapara Yoga of energy and so on, will they be here in the higher ages? He said, oh, no, there are plenty of planets for them to go to. And he said, if they kept coming, this is the part that really stung. He said, if they kept coming to the same planet, they'd find out too soon. Well, that's not fair. (laughs) But the fact is that, he wants us to use our discrimination. He doesn't want it to be shoved on our throats.
0: What do you think about the theory that aliens came to help humanity start on this planet?
1: Well, I don't know. I've, what do you think about all sorts of theories? I have no opinion. It may have happened, it may not have happened. One thing I'm quite sure of, and Yogananda said this too, we are not descended from the Monkeys. That is to say, we've all been animals in former lives, but man is a special creation. That's uh, an interesting thought.
2: Homie, well, does that invalidate the theory of evolution?
1: No, it doesn't. It just helps you to understand why, why life evolves. It's not just a mechanical process, everything is conscious. Even the rocks are conscious. And I know I've mentioned this before that they hope someday to, that uh, they'll make computers so intelligent that they'll demand computer rights. And I say that's ridiculous. There are two things that science can never put in, never create artificially, self-consciousness and feeling. I say a worm doesn't have to be complex, but it has self-consciousness. It's feeling. If you prick it with a pin, it tries to wriggle away, it tries to protect itself, and it feels that that feeling. So what you have is this consciousness, even in the rocks, but gradually that consciousness is striving like a flower trying to reach to the sun. That consciousness is striving, striving to rise up through different life forms until it reaches the human level, at which time It develops the self-consciousness and the free will to make all sorts of
0: mistakes
1: (laughs) (laughs) until it learns its lessons.
0: It doesn't seem that animals have evolved uh, too much like humans, though. They can't speak even after all these... Well,
1: no, but uh, they're evolving from the worm through the moth, through the... uh, um, cockroached uh, <laughs> up to the birds and the animals until finally they reach the human level. It's an automatic process. It takes 8 to 12 million year, lifetimes to reach the human level. And uh, then when you've reached the human level you can go down as well as up. There's a movie called Inside Job. It's a terrible job, a terrible movie. It shows how people, wealthy people using derivatives and so on, became extremely extremely wealthy and destroyed the livelihood of millions. I think people like that may sink back. You can sink back to an animal level, usually for just one lifetime. People like that can, I think of them as tigers in human form, and I think that's probably what they'll be in their next life. But uh, it's only one lifetime, then you come back to the human.
2: Hmm. The scale of all this, how many millions of lifetimes till you get to the human level, and what's the life of a rock anyway? <laughs>
1: yes, exactly. Exactly. It's staggering. It, it's staggering. I know, I know it says in the Bhagavad Gita and also in the Rubaiyat of Omakayam, oh. um, there's a statement where which means, as Jung and I explained, that when God creates this universe, which he did billions of years ago, then it many people or people are thrown out into delusion again, and many people at the end of that day of Brahma and of manifestation are still wandering in delusion. And those same souls, how many, Days of Brahma, have we lived? That's a scaring, scary thought.
2: And what is a day of Brahma? What? What is a day? Of- a day
1: of Brahma could be, I think, uh, um, several billion years.
0: It doesn't seem that we're going to find out too soon.
1: No, we're not going to find out too soon. What you reach is finally the level where suffering is the greatest gold. It's actually a great blessing. If everything were perfect here, people would be satisfied. It's a minor minor happiness compared to God's bliss, but you've got it. Why bother to change? It's suffering that drives people to think, why do I have to live in this world? Why do I have to suffer like this? And makes you think, why? And that suffering can come from the lowest level up to the highest. I think that people who, decide to be doctors, are people who have suffered physically. People who decide to be psychiatrists are people who have suffered mentally, and some of them seem, still seem to be suffering uh, mentally. And then people who think spiritually. I know uh, I, I, I was I suffered intensely in the spiritual sense, because I just needed to know what the truth was. And I think that's because I had doubts in the past. But one time Yogananda said, so one disciple said to Yogananda, sir, I don't think I have very good karma. He said, remember this, it takes very, very, very good karma even to want to know God. One disciple had a vision of being with Master and Namurya, which was some 80,000 years ago if it was at all, and Whether it was a true vision or not, I don't know. But it did make me think. And I said, sir, have I been your disciple for thousands of years? And he said, it's been a long time, that's all I'll tell you. Mm -hmm. I said, does it always take so long? I didn't want to think I was the only laggard. He said, oh, yes, desires for name and fame and this thing and that thing take them away repeatedly.
2: Almighty, this is a st- sort of strange question, slightly related. The saying, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, w- how would you explain that?
1: I've heard it also said that hell itself is paved with the bald pates of clergymen. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, if people who say, yes, I. I, next week I've got to get organized, that's the idea of good intentions. You've got to do something, not enough just to have an intention. Um, next week,
2: wrong with having a good intention, in other words. What's that? You have to have good intentions, but
1: Well, you have to have the good intention, but you've got to do more than that. So, if you have the intention and apply the intention, then it goes beyond intention. That's all that that means. Certainly you have to have the good intention. You don't stumble into heaven.
2: Yeah, the road to heaven is not paved with bad intentions.
0: N-
1: or with just intentions.
0: Swamiji, from what you're saying, it seems that the only way to live happily in this world is through attunement with a greater consciousness.
1: Absolutely. There's un- Everything else has its defect. Everything else has a disadvantage. You get... All the money that you ever wanted, and you find you don't have what you wanted, you have a sick body. So you say, Oh, then I'd like to. In fact, Yogananda told this story of a man who was wealthy and he was enough advanced for an angel to come. So, do you have everything you want? No, I'd like to have health. So he has health. And then he has no. uh, in his next life. And so he. uh, has health, but he can't have enough food to feed that healthy body. So then he wants to, that's how it is. It began with the health. Then they wanted the money. And then um, people all took him for his money. Then he thought, well, I'm lonely. I want a wife. And he got this wife, and she nagged him to death. And so he, he asked for a good wife, and she got a good wife, and she died after two years and he asked to give a long life. And uh, as he got an old man, a young woman came and he fell in love with her and he shook. She took all his money and he was left with it. There is a catch to everything. (laughs) Finally, the angel came to him and said, what now? (laughs) And he said, nothing doing Lord, I just want you. (laughs) So this is what we've got to understand that there's a catch to everything, to every fulfillment. Until you find God, there is never perfection.
2: Swami, in the in-between life, uh, in the astral world, is there an advantage or a disadvantage to being in that place?
1: Well, there's a fact of being in that place. You can make an advantage or uh, not an advantage. That's not the issue. When you die, you go to that world. You. Don't have a physical body, but you have an ener- energy body, which is, this is the duplicate of that body. So, in fact, you look like you were when you were young in this life. And if you've lived a good life, then you may stay there a longer time. You may come back sooner. Yogis may come back quickly because they, they want to continue the salvation work. If you've lived a bad life, you, you go to the other place, you can say. but. Um, There is a heaven, there is a hell, that's not the end of it all. People think heaven is the final thing. If you were living eternally in a a body in heaven, I can't imagine a worse hell than being limited in this body. Evolution has to go beyond the astral world. There has to be finally oneness with God. We have to merge in his bliss. That is the destiny of every soul.